Hey guys, welcome back to the Kampai Sagai podcast. Uh, very excited today. I have a very special guest with me, someone who I've been meaning to have on the show for a while. And um, I'm going to hype her up a little bit <laughs> because um, I think this person is fantastic as an entrepreneur. Very, She's young, but don't let her uh, her age <laughs> fool you because, I mean, she's she's been a big trailblazer with you know entrepreneurs out there small business owners but also i can't say maybe you're still a small business owner because you've really expanded even outside that range so um i'm here with the owner creator of uh shop kolohe mm -hmm. please give a round of applause for miss rose Wong. <laughs> thank you thanks so much for having me i'm so excited to be here of course yeah and thank you for um Coming all the way out here. Do you do you usually come to the windward side a lot or? Um, no, not so much. But I love this side of the island. It's beautiful, so I'm always happy to make the drive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Windward side. I I lived on the windward side pretty much my whole life. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, um, and you you grew up Hawaii Kai side. I grew up Hawaii Kai side. We actually moved to Kaneohe for a few years. Mm. Um, and then moved back to like New Valley Hawaii Kai side. So I was always in that area. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. How long, so how long did you stay in Kaneohe then? I was only in Kaneohe for about two years, mm -hmm. one to two years, something like that when I was young. Oh, so okay. It was like when I was right before I went to school, I homeschooled until fourth grade. Mm -hmm. And then that was when we were in Kaneohe. So after that, I went to, um, mm -hmm. went to school. <laughs> oh, so right after uh, you were done homeschooling, then you went to. Yes. Okay. Yeah. My dad wanted to put us into normal school. Okay, cool. <laughs> So, um, well, we'll start off. Where'd you, before we get into like your entrepreneurship career, yes. um, you graduated Kaiser high school, Kaiser high school. Okay. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Tell us more. Tell us more about I, so I homeschooled until, uh, fifth grade. Mm -hmm. And before that, um, I was always really bad at school. I would always hide our worksheets and throw them away in the okay. trash can and hide them from my mom. So when I got as to, a homeschooler, as a homeschooler, so when <laughs> I got to, awesome. when I got to fifth grade, I didn't even know how to multiply and divide. That's the basics you learn mm -hmm. in like third grade. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that was my first um, year of school. And I remember I was so excited back then mm. I got voted most likely to succeed because mm. I didn't know how to do anything. Okay. You know, I didn't learn all these basics in school that you learn mm -hmm. from first grade all the way up to fifth grade. Mm. So I was always so determined. So I did that. And then I went to Wailupe Elementary School. I don't know if you've heard of it. It was a super small school mm. in Ainahaina. My the year after I went there, it actually closed down oh because there was only about ten students in my class. So it was a very small oh, school, wow. very Jeez. different. Mm. And then I went to New Valley Elementary School, and then I was at Kaiser High School. Mm. Um, I was almost supposed to. I was supposed to graduate a year early, and then about a week before graduation, I was like, "What am I doing? Why am I rushing things?" Yeah. And so I ended up staying my full year. But that's when Kolohe started. I mm. started my business when I was a sophomore. I was 16 years old at the mm. time. Um, and then just a lot of storylines from there, and yeah. it's crazy <laughs> to see how we've how far we've came since then. Just the other day, I was thinking, you know, 16-year-old Rose never would have thought that we were, we would be here today. And so I was thinking about, just imagine where we'll be in a few years, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot, a lot of storylines there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where it all started, high school. Wow. That's, yeah. So it was under um, 
Kolohe Ocean Gems, right? Yes. That was the, that was it the was one. under Kolohe Ocean Gems at first. And when I got to UH Manoa and started learning about business, because I was a marketing major my second year, mm -hmm. um, I found that Kolohe Ocean Gems is a really long name. It's about six syllables. It's really hard yep. for people <laughs> to remember, mm -hmm. especially not tourists, especially mm -hmm. not, yeah, tourists who didn't know what Kolohe meant. Mm -hmm. And so I tried so hard to change the business name, but it never felt right. So I kept Kolohe. And the meaning kind of grew as the business grew and matured. Kolohe, rascal in Hawaiian, mm -hmm. kind of grew to mean being unique and different, like our jewelry, mm -hmm. challenging norms, thinking outside of the box, being unconventional. So I always like to say being a good Kolohe, mm. a good rascal in the community. Good rascal. Yes, good rascal. <laughs> Actually, in, in some sense, this is like the Kolohe podcast right here. Yes, Kolohe Actually, podcast. You, you can take that. I if love you, it. <laughs> if you, uh, yeah, if you ever start a podcast, you one can day. I would love to. Yes, I think it's so amazing that, you know, people like you who do podcasts just share stories. Oh, and so you. I have a very big appreciation for it. I think it's so important. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I started doing this because uh, I wanted to spread aloha. I wanted to get yes. local entrepreneurs on here, mm -hmm. local talent. Uh, I didn't want to restrict it to just uh, local yeah. entrepreneurs and everything. So, like, I've expanded um, trying to get people from... Uh, the yeah. mainland or other countries and stuff like that. Yeah, wow, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool, you know. And <laughs> I and I keep it more relaxed. I used to have it under the Talk Story podcast, yeah, uh, umbrella, but rebranded just because I wanted to find more of a not a niche, but more yes, uh, some more personality with it. Because, yes, um, your own. Uh, because like before, you know, I didn't have my name a part of it, so yeah. it could have went with anybody. But then, like, I wanted to make it. Uh, differentiated with other people and yeah. differentiated with what other podcasts are doing. So I put my name in it, but also I kind of created a set around the name. Yeah, so, I love that. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and I mean, of course, with your with your uh, jewelry line as well, you've created your own personalized um, style with your jewelry as well. So. Yes, definitely. It's actually so what's special about our stores it's a custom jewelry bar. So that's mm -hmm. what we specialize in. So I always tell people it's kind of like, do you remember Build-A-Bear? Yeah. It's kind of like Build-A-Bear, but for ladies. Build, build so a jewelry. Build, build a jewelry, yeah. <laughs> and so you can come in, choose your chain, choose your charm, your style, and you can get a really special piece made on the spot. Mm. And, and so that's kind of been our piece. niche. I know you designed a beautiful piece for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. She, she loves it. She loves the design. Actually, funny story about that. It was, uh -huh. it was for a Christmas gift. Yeah. And um, I hit it. Yeah. Uh, in here, in the set. Yes. And she ended up finding it. Actually. Oh, no. But I, I hit it over. <laughs> but I, I kept hinting to her. She's like, um, I was like, oh, you know, I I got your Christmas gift. And then she went immediately to go find it. Oh. Which is fine. <laughs> she know. was excited. She was excited. She was excited. Actually, I was kind of hoping that she found it. Yeah. Because like, then she could wear it. You yeah. Know, and, uh, show it off, you know. Yeah, good. And then tell people like, hey, I got it from um, Rose at Shop Kolohe. I got it over here. In yeah. Waikiki, two locations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. I know you guys seem like a power couple. I know she does her writing. Mm -hmm. And then you do your creative side too, which is the podcast. So mm -hmm. that's awesome that you guys can kind of almost like join forces like that and yeah. help each other, support each other through it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, sooner or later, we're going to, I, I want to go more into like filmmaking. So yes. do some more. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I ever told that on the podcast, but yeah, yeah I want to do more 
uh, short films and stuff like that. Yeah. Just because they experiment. And Kelsey does want, she wants to do the same thing as yeah, well. Yeah, so. that's awesome. I yeah. think that's so great when two people are just aligned in that way and you guys can just help each other through that. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk about uh, your family because your family is huge. You have, what, 12 brothers and sisters? Or? I grew up with 12 siblings. Mm. Um, my blood family, I have seven siblings, so eight of us total. Okay. <laughs> when we grew up, my dad got remarried. Mm. So he has on his side eight kids. He got remarried to a woman who had five kids. So I remember in middle school, that's when they got married, mm. we had a three-bedroom house. My side of the family, eight of us, were in one room. And then her side of the family, my stepmom's side of the family, five of them were in another room. And then my parents had their room. And so we, there was like 15 of us under one roof and it was chaotic, which is one of the reasons probably why I'm so okay with entrepreneurship mm -hmm. and with things being chaotic at times. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, family was a big, big, big part of it and lots of storylines there as well. <laughs> and they were one of the reasons why I started Kolohe. Mm. Um, and i remember it's it's so crazy because it's so awesome to see now my little sisters they have their own business of their own too and mm -hmm. my little brother he started droning he's really? 14 years old and he started droning and he's getting paid to do it and so it's awesome mm -hmm. to see him kind of take his own talents and make an income out of it too mm -hmm. and you know what really drove me to start kolohe was because i saw all of my older siblings having to drop out of uh, high school, having to get their GEDs, having to work restaurant jobs, oh, wow. couldn't, we, we couldn't afford to send them to college, um, having to go into military. Mm. And I remember distinctly one day, I was like, you know, there's gotta be more for me and more for my younger siblings. And at that point I told myself, I'm gonna just pave my own path. You know, I'm not gonna let whatever was set out for mm. us, even though we did go to we, we did go to Kaiser High School and we were very blessed to be in Hawaii Kai, mm -hmm. um, but we weren't as privileged as people, as privileged, we weren't as privileged as people think we were when I tell them I'm from Hawaii Kai. You know, we were always in the cheapest house um, and yeah, whatnot. There's stigma. Yes, there's yeah. totally a stigma. And mm -hmm. it's true for some people, but then for some people it's, it's not true, mm -hmm. you know? And um, I just saw the path that was paved out for my older older siblings and mm -hmm. I didn't want that for me and my younger siblings and so I told myself I'm going to put myself through college um I'm going to I got my first job when I was 15 years old Jeez. started my business when I was 16 years old opened mm -hmm. the store when I was 21 years old I moved out when I was in eighth grade mm -hmm. then moved out again when I was 19 and so uh ever since then I've been kind of just paving paving the path and or it's it's just crazy to see you know what we've built and what we're going to continue to build and it's a lot of it's a lot of fun <laughs> yeah that's awesome mm -hmm. i mean that's it, incredible that um i mean you opened your first store at 19 years old i mean yeah it's pretty crazy yeah first store i was 21. oh first um, of 21 yeah. opened the business when i was 16. 16. first store was 21 while i was finishing up college at uh manoa mm. yeah crazy <laughs> so another crazy thing is uh the amount of jobs you work yes I mean, you just before even getting to college you worked numerous amounts of jobs yes so i got my first job when i was 15 years old i remember back then it was like elite i had to get a very special permit because it was illegal for someone that young to work mm. um, my first job was kozo sushi i was a sushi chef Love sushi it. artist that what my that's what my title was mm. 
Um, <laughs> and then I worked from, after that, I worked anywhere from Subway. I worked at, um, let's see, a gourmet popsicle, Ono Pops, gourmet popsicle oh, okay. place. I would make the popsicles. Ooh, there, it, it was a really beautiful business. And then I thought I wanted to work with kids, so I went into A+. Didn't necessarily like <laughs> kids, so I thought I wanted to work with old elder people. So uh -huh. I went to a retirement home restaurant. Didn't necessarily like working with elder people. Mm. And so I um, jumped around a lot. And then I was at Magnolia, a boutique in Kahala Mall. And that's when I started Kolohe. Back then, minimum wage was about, I remember my first paycheck from Koza Sushi, minimum wage was about $7 an hour, which was so much money for me back mm. then. Mm -hmm. And so I was making a little bit more than minimum at Magnolia, um, but I was always really good at selling the jewelry. And I saw, I love the storyline that jewelry brought to people. I love that anyone could partake in it, you know, whether it was guys, dads, uncles, grandpas buying jewelry for gifts, or whether it was someone young or someone older, all ages in between. Mm -hmm. um, and I really, I always loved that, you know, that specialness that a jewelry piece carried and mm -hmm. that personality that a jewelry piece carried. And so, I remember back then I was like, okay, that's what I want to do. You know, I was making minimum wage, but I was like, I want to sell the jewelry pieces that I've been selling for like $60. Mm. And so I remember taking $50 to Ben Franklin. And back then that was so much money for me. Mm. I got really rinky dink tools, made some really ugly first jewelry pieces, started mm. selling them at my high school. And that's how the whole Kolohe empire started. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so from the other jobs besides Magnolia, do you think you've taken some of the qualities or even like some of the skills from those jobs into what you do today? Oh, definitely. Um, I think general work ethic of just um, always finding a better job. Mm -hmm. I think that played into me of always improving the business mm -hmm. um, and then customer service. I was a server um at uh asagios in hawaii kai for about oh. two to three years and yeah. i think that's where i learned all of my customer service and customer service in any line of work is so important how you mm -hmm. communicate with people um and i think it's just yeah really important when someone does work a restaurant job you know and mm -hmm. so that taught me definitely a lot um and then I was president of the Entrepreneurs Club. And while I was in college, I was in charge of, you know, my little team. And that taught me a lot, too, because mm. before I used to be like an angry leader, you know. Really? Um, yes, I was. Anyone in the club will tell you that at that point. And I quickly learned that, hey, Rose, you can't manage people like yeah. that, you know. <laughs> so it taught me how to manage people and it prepared me to manage my own team in my business. Okay. Yeah. Angry leader. I can't imagine you <laughs> angry um that's person like that that's good i grew up with a lot of believe it or not a lot of anger management problems still to this day i have mm. to manage it mostly comes out with people that are close to me like my boyfriend or my sisters uh. um and it's something that i've had to learn to to balance mm. <laughs> interesting so kind of want to build off of that so like with with uh you might get some clients maybe some negative clients too mm -hmm. how do you handle that We've actually been very blessed that we haven't gotten any super negative mm. clients. Um, I think probably, you know, if something happens where we say we can complete this piece and then we end up having to complete it maybe the next week instead of what we promise mm -hmm. and we have to ship it out. It's just about um, spinning the situation to be positive mm. in a positive way. For example, in that situation, we could say, oh, we really take our time with these pieces. Mm -hmm. You know, it's our craft, so we want to take our time with it. We'll ship it out to you next week. Mm -hmm. um, 
So we've, we've been very blessed that we haven't had any super negative uh, clients or experiences at all. And if we do, we just try our best to work very one-on-one -on -one with the customer to, to make it right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think one good thing about your business is that it is like a build a jury business. Yes. So it's customizable. It's unique to uh, every person that comes in and gets new product. Yeah, totally. Of course, you might have some like a, maybe a client that wants a certain um, like that 10,000 uh, wave rings is it wave rings or we sold 10,000 handmade wave rings to a subscription box in LA and we handmade each and every one of them <laughs> yeah you got your family involved with with me everyone that was before I had a team so everyone pitched in from my um, from my younger siblings mm -hmm. to some of my older siblings to some of my brother's young kids as low as uh as young as like six years old <laughs> oh geez <laughs> he was packaging them for us oh great that was a really fun experience <laughs> mm -hmm. but see so like something like that because of your commitment and then also um the the way that you you formulated your business to be customizable and be able to uh let's see, accommodate to every client i think that that mm -hmm. helps out a lot oh totally yeah mm -hmm. it's something that especially in jewelry what i've noticed a lot of people that uh, go to other jewelry stores, mm -hmm. you know, they do want a small change, but the other jewelry stores, they're not able to make that change. So that's like our mm -hmm. special niche is the custom part of it. And that kind of came because at the Lohilani, our first store that we opened, we would do the jewelry classes and people mm -hmm. love that we could, we would teach them how to do it and they would design it themselves. So then when we opened our flagship store, it kind of grew into our going full blown out with the Kolohe custom jewelry bar. Mm. And that's what that's what we've been known for. That's what we've grown our business on. And people just really love it because it's so special and so different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to circle back to um, college because I think a lot of like for me, I think college did help out in some way, I would say. More so, it helped out with the networking. Yes, totally. Um, I agree with you. But in terms of like um, maybe classes and stuff like that, maybe I didn't really think that it translated into like my career today. Yeah. Um, so like, was it the kind of the same experience for you? Or yes, very much so. I had a lot of professors who didn't like me. <laughs> okay. Because I was always working on my business in class and. <laughs> People always ask me, oh, did you learn how to market your business from your classes? And I always tell them, no, I learned most. What I got out of my college experience was the, um, like you said, the networking, being mm -hmm. president of the Entrepreneurs Club, the real life experience. You know, I got to do um, business pitch competitions locally and then nationally. I got mm -hmm. to travel to Silicon Valley for business programs. Mm -hmm. I got to go to different networking events, build mentors, meet mentors. Mm -hmm. And from my classes, um, it, uh, for example, one of, uh, one of my marketing classes, the whole point of that class was to, it was a capstone class too. The whole point of the okay. class was to uh, get an internship. And so I was always the one raising my hand saying, well, what if I don't want an internship? You know, I'm going to work on my business. So what do I do? And she was always so mad at me because <laughs> I would ask questions like that, you uh -huh. know, just very unconventional. And, um, some people even remember me like wrapping the wave rings in class sometimes. Oh, and so, <laughs> crazy. 
I think I got most of my experience out of college definitely from being in the Entrepreneurs Club much more than from being in my classes, unfortunately. But mm -hmm. I know it's different for everyone. You know, some lines of work require mm -hmm. are more important to have those classes. Mine necessarily wasn't. I was very close to dropping out at one point. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of, you know, my close friends just encouraged me to stay on. And I'm glad I did. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I did. But yeah I, is, was that how it was for you too you know for me yeah i kind of this so i did drop out for a few years but that's because i wanted to go to like full-time work yes um like i oh, did wow. i did the first two years uh through college but i mean those are kind of boring years and I was yeah kinda, i was kind of like Core trying classes. to find my way and, yeah. and like um i used to be an engineering major wow so i used to go into computer engineering and then i switched to electrical engineering and wow. then i realized I didn't really like any of that. Yeah, that's very hard. That's a um, hard major. So, you know, I took all these like science and math classes for nothing because like I don't, uh, I don't use it in accounting today. Yes. <laughs> but like um, I remember I took an economics class. Mm -hmm. And then from there, economics was kind of the thing that clicked. And that you like, liked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, I could do I could do something like this. Yeah. I think that's an amazing major mm -hmm. because it's really hard for people mm -hmm. to um understand the finances of things and i think it's so it's a it's a critical part of any business mm -hmm. and so i think it's <laughs> it's an amazing career path that you went through <laughs> yeah my my finances are hard <laughs> <laughs> one of my uh, old bosses is an economics uh major yeah and um doing really good in like marketing and sales today too, wow so, yeah um i don't think people understand the the value of like economics and like oh it can, totally you know influence yes um, it's just data and numbers and everything is run exactly off of data and numbers pretty mm -hmm. much and if you can understand how to put those data and numbers into something tangible yeah. exactly mm -hmm. into tangible action items mm -hmm. um we recently brought on a cfo which oh, okay, i've been cool. so excited about to help mm -hmm. me understand our numbers as i manage bigger revenues and bigger revenues mm. and we we have huge milestones now so i think it's it's yeah it's amazing it's a lot of fun to learn about too yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah going going back to it you actually used to major in uh psychology i don't know if yes. people know about this yes but, you did your homework <laughs> um, so yeah i did <laughs> um so you used to major in psychology why, why did you go into psychology first before you went to business that's a great question um i went into psychology because i always thought that I wanted to help people um, and I had to go to a lot of psychologists when I was younger because you know when my parents divorced and all the mm. things with my stepmom my parents always tried to put me um, in psychologists and I was always so sassy with them I didn't like how they <laughs> I didn't think that they you know connected with me and so I was like okay I'm gonna become a psychologist so that there can be better psychologists out there mm. um, another big part of it was to help and one day understand my mom. And mm. so she was actually, which is another big part of my business and me starting it. She was houseless for 15 years suffering from bipolar schizophrenia. Wow. Mm -hmm. oh and gosh. so um, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to go into psychology. And I, mm -hmm. I would go to her psychologist with her sometimes and I would see how insensitive they were sometimes and mm -hmm. so i really wanted to be the psychologist that you know could just be there for people and then after learning that if um to do anything in psychology and to make money off of it i had mm -hmm. to get my master's but i didn't want to go to school for that long mm -hmm. so 
And I, I always, even though I started my business in high school, I always thought of it as a small side hobby thing. And so I never knew that I could, I could, propel it forward yes, because, propel it forward. And yeah. so I actually switched after my first year um, into business marketing. Mm. But I'm still so fascinated by psychology. I think psychology is a very important major um, mm. and a very important aspect of, you know, any industry and any mm. business. And just understanding a little bit more about how the mind works is so important. So it's still ingrained in me a little bit. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's the reason why I switched from psychology into into marketing. Mm. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I agree with you. Psychology can work with so many things with with business. Uh, clientele even understanding I, I mean I don't want you to psychoanalyze people when they come <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you know what I mean but like um, like understanding the mind or understanding the the reasons why people act a certain way or yeah totally maybe the reasons why they really appeal to certain products or yeah maybe they don't appeal to it yeah I would say that's more of sales psychology you mm -hmm. know so really reading the customer really reading the client um, and just doing our best to mm -hmm be in their interests. So that's the part of the psychology that applies to our business. Another part is it is psychology of team management and mm. team building and understanding how different people are motivated mm. even. And I think that's a big part of it. You know, eventually when the business gets so big, you're just managing people and the people are what's growing the business. And we have an amazing team now. And so I think um, psychology and having, you know, something I'm still learning about is emotional intelligence, having a higher emotional intelligence, understanding how mm. certain people mm. work yeah. and making the best environment for them to thrive in. And we've had to go through so many, so many lessons to figure out that work culture that we really want to strive for and mm. create. So it's been a, it's been a big journey. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you guys use like Myers-Briggs maybe when you're... Um... We do, yes. Okay. So it's actually on our Kolohe application. The last question is, do you know your Myers-Briggs? Because I okay. think that says, that can say a lot about mm -hmm. a person too. Um, mine, I believe, is ENTJ. Oh, cool. So I, okay. I think it's something with the commander. Do you know yours? Mine is... So I, I remember I took it many times. I always got ENFJ. Oh. But, uh, later on, it switched. So it's like... I would get like ENTJ or INTJ or oh, INFJ. Interesting. So it would switch yeah. between the, the E and the I and then the F and the T. Yeah. So I don't know now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Around I'll, there somewhere. But I'll say ENFJ just because like that's what I grew up with and I kind of just stayed consistent with that. Yeah. Maybe with other characteristics, maybe I just kind of learned of course, things over yeah. time. Yeah. And then made me either... Um, make different decisions yes. or maybe you know whatever but uh i'll still say i'm more of an enfj i guess yes yeah oh that's awesome <laughs> so what what does yours uh tell you about like your your personal um mine tells me i i haven't looked at it in a while but mm -hmm. mine tells me that i am very direct i like to um take control of things and mm -hmm. i am very success driven mm -hmm. um entj yeah i think that's mostly what mine will i haven't revisited it in mm. a while honestly so it'd be interesting to kind of go in again but we always put that on our application because we like to just get a general idea of people and in our mm -hmm. job mm -hmm. interviews you know yeah. we're we're really 
trying to see what type of person they are to first and foremost make sure they're going to fit into our work culture mm. um and so whenever we do interviews that's the first thing we look at the personality of a person because mm. you can teach skills skills are easy to teach you can't yeah, teach definitely. someone honesty and integrity and so that's kind of what we what we look for. Yeah, different values. Yeah, yeah, different values for sure. It affects so much. And I mean, you are, you know, the product of your five closest friends. And I think that's mm. so true for the work environment, too. And I really want to make a good work environment for our employees. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One you can look at is um, I Kelsey and I recently uh, look. We've been kind of looking more into this kind of personality test, but it's called an Enneagram. Yes. Enneagram. Oh, so you know, you know the Enneagram. Yes, I do. I think I was either like a three. It's the mm. number one, right? Yes. Is that the number one? One through one through nine. Yeah. What was so, yours? So mine, I kept denying it that I they think I'm a nine, but then uh, I keep taking a test, and then I keep getting a nine. So yes. maybe I <laughs> am a nine. You denied it. Uh, well, I don't know. I I feel like I kind of maybe was more of a seven, which is more um, for people out there. Sevens are more like. The enthusiasts, they're more uh, explorative. Um, a disadvantage is they try to avoid conflict as much uh, as possible. I'm not that kind of person, though. Yes. So that's why. And what is a nine? A nine is a peacekeeper. Okay. So they um, they do their best to make sure, like, everything is a-okay. Yeah. You know. Um, that's a great trait. How come you keep denying it? I don't know. Because <laughs> you resonate more with the other one. I guess so. I guess I yeah. resonate more with a seven. But yeah. maybe that's because like um well, well with a healthy nine a healthy yes. nine is more um uh, explorative they have an opinion with things they have um ah uh, i see they're they're okay with like breaking this the norm or the yes that, that i can piece. see that in you too oh thank you yeah i can totally see that so um what is a three three is achiever i think yes <laughs> very much so <laughs> yeah i think you're a healthy three actually yeah if I, if I think about it which is good what is the unhealthy three do you know uh, unhealthy three so the the way it works is so there's the nine and then um it's kind of like a triangle so it goes nine and then one two three four yeah and then um eight seven six five yeah so when you get away i guess when you veer away from the nine you i guess they want to achieve kind of going oh, towards the nine so when i see i see, you're I see. three that's a good thing because yeah <laughs> you're in a positive in a positive way you're going um so the two is a helper oh so they're they're in tune with like they they always want to like strive to yeah help everyone around them and i think a healthy three is more so someone who's more um trying to i'm trying to think like uh they i guess i can't remember like what was in it yeah but, like if I guess they, if they achieve a lot of things, it's based on truth. Yes, genuinity. On, yeah, genuinity. Um, mm -hmm. Versus unhealthy three is based on, I think, lies. Yes. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, I'm not saying, you know, of like, course. like in, in that fashion, but like um, if it went away from a nine, it would be going towards a four. So I fours see. are um kind of like identity crisis kind of people yeah not saying um <laughs> fours are bad <laughs> <laughs> but like um, there's a balance and there's a balance. i think yeah. it's important to understand the two sides that mm -hmm. you may or may not be mm -hmm. you know and harness the good side yeah it's so interesting isn't it the different personalities of yeah. people and how they work yeah it's it's, it's, it's fascinating interesting so like we we've been like 
learning about it because like in, ter- in terms of like um, filmmaking, mm-hmm. you can have like a certain character, like maybe a oh, three yes. interacts with a nine or oh. a three interact with a seven. Yeah. So um, building that kind of like scenarios. Yes. Um, we could do that with INTJs, ENFJs as well, but yeah. it gets a little complicated after a while with mm-hmm. um, maybe people switching ENIs or, yeah. you know. So yeah. we've been learning the Enneagram just to see if they kind of like, just seeing different scenarios. But Yeah, um, totally. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been doing it. it. It's kind of bad because like I've been kind of looking at people like, oh, I wonder what kind of <laughs> person they are. But like not in a bad way. It's yeah, just, like, just out of curiosity. Just out of curiosity. So like, um, I don't know if you ever heard this, but like you, you learn about a person maybe like the first 14 seconds, 14 seconds. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of doing the same thing with that. But then I'm also trying to figure out their type within the first 14 seconds. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I think that's so true, too. Yeah. I remember one of my mentors told me when he was explaining to me about interviewing and hiring people, mm-hmm. he said, you know, right off of the bat, the first 14 seconds of you meeting a person, if you like them or if you don't like them, mm-hmm. and they're not going to resonate within mm-hmm. your company. And first impressions are so important. Mm-hmm. So it's it's so fascinating. Yeah, it's it's interesting because th- that kind of goes back to the psychology of, mm-hmm. of people, how they grew up, because, yeah. you know, um, like for yourself, you grew up with a big family, so it also influenced how you um, how you were as a business owner, mm-hmm. you know, today. And then for me, I grew up with um, I grew up with with actually I grew up like a mixed family. So yeah. my dad and my mom were uh, divorced. Oh wow! Uh, and then when they got married, then they they had me. Mm-hmm. So all my brothers and oh, sisters wow. are all they're all my half brothers. Oh sisters. wow! And then, um, yeah, and it's interesting because, like, you know, uh, I grew up with my, my sister above me who was very competitive. Yeah. But I'm kind of the opposite. I'm not very competitive. Oh, yeah. Which is fine because, like, she was, like, you know, she would she'd be competitive with video games and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and you were okay with letting her yeah. win. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, like, well, I'd try my best to, like, give her a challenge and stuff like yeah. that. So, like, in a way, it could kind of build off that nine like oh yeah i don't care you know like, yeah if I lost, whatever yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's important too letting go mm. of that ego you know mm. so that's awesome that you were like that you grew up like that uh were, were you competitive growing up i was very competitive <laughs> i grew up with, with nine siblings? i grew up with nine brothers of oh, course okay. i was competitive okay yeah definitely <laughs> and me and my sister have been talking about this recently because i grew up with a lot of masculine energy not in the sense that like mm. you know i want to look masculine but in the sense that like i'm very straightforward i'm very logical very direct Mm. um and so yeah i I grew up pretty competitive (laughs) and i think that's why that's what brought our business this far but Mm -hmm. then it's interesting because now it's like i'm at peace with competition you know i Mm -hmm. don't i look at another jewelry business and like oh you're our competition Mm -hmm. now i look at another small business if it's a jewelry business and like hey that's awesome that she's doing that you know Mm -hmm. so I yeah kind of learned how to navigate towards that I guess you could say mm. and it's interesting in Hawaii because there's a lot of small jewelry businesses mm-hmm. here um, and it's interesting because we're small businesses because we want to help the community and give back to the community and I think supporting each other is a way to do that you know mm-hmm. there's no need to feel super competitive with yeah. small business it's small business for small business not small business against small business mm-hmm. so i've yeah i've come to peace with that yeah same <laughs> thing with like different podcasters like i know a lot of other podcasters on the yeah. island but 
I'm not super competitive just because, one, it's already hard enough living in Hawaii. So like, oh, yeah. um, so if I see their struggle with it, I'm like, I understand. You know, yeah, whatever. it's the same. Yeah, you're you're going towards the same goal. Yeah, just to spread stories and. Yeah, exactly, and then um, you know, of course. We all have different niches. Yes. I, I don't know. Mine, <laughs> mine might be different. But, <laughs> but like, um, you know, everybody has, has their own thing. And then even for other jewelry businesses, I'm sure they have. Yeah, everyone has their own niche. Everyone has a different specialty. Mm -hmm. So it kind of works. It was interesting. The other day I was talking with a friend. And she said, yeah, I mean, look at Waikiki. The biggest competitors in the world are mm -hmm. right next to each other. Mm -hmm. All those luxury brands, they're right next to each other. Mm -hmm. You know? And so I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And I think a lot of ways, like, with small business owners or even like entrepreneurs or um, mm -hmm. like small creatives and stuff like that, they're thinking more in terms of people rather than dollar signs. And I just had this conversation with like um, one of my friends last week mm -hmm. who I had on the podcast because um, he, he's a he's a realtor. And, um, you know, we were talking about competition and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And for him, oh, wow. it's it's different because, you know, there's so many realtors here. Yes, totally. But like, um, he's thinking more on the terms of how can I just help people out? Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. in, instead of like maybe another realtor that might be thinking, okay, just dollar signs, this dollar signs when they look at us, when they look at somebody. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's a different mentality. And yeah. I think what's special about local businesses here, um, like I said, we live here. I don't want to say we're all suffering here, too. you know what I mean? But we're all suffering here, but yeah. um, but we're also all thriving here as well. And yes. It's great to see local business owners or local entrepreneurs just thriving. So. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Definitely. So uh, going back to um, going back to college, mm -hmm. actually. So you were president of the Hawaii students. Hawaii student entrepreneurs. OK. Yeah. Um, do you do you still go back to like go visit maybe do like a like a class for them? Or um, something? yes, I've actually done a few speaker series mm. with the Pace Pacific Asian Center for Entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. um, I've gone to speak with them at high schools. I actually got to speak at Kaiser High School oh, a cool. few times. Yeah. Um, and whenever they need something, you know, I'm always there to support. And they're actually building a new project. I'm so jealous. I don't know if you know the building right across where Banan was, right across from UH Manoa. Oh, okay. Yeah. That pink yeah. building. They're building it into an entrepreneur's like dorm residency. Oh. I know. So they're going to have a full mm. on like 3D printer and all these cool rooms there. And I'm so mm. jealous. But yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm still very, very involved there. Mm. And, you know, I always I always try to help and give back in whatever way I can to the local entrepreneurship community. I loved everything that I did while my time was there. And I really loved, mm -hmm. you know, helping other businesses. I've actually started mentoring a few small businesses. Oh, cool. And when the time is right, I want to do that um, a little bit more too. And mm -hmm. we are in the middle of putting more of a, um, a social initiative impact to Kolohe. And so mm -hmm. we want to actually create scholarships for female oh, students awesome. in the creative zone, yeah. in entrepreneurship and kind of foster, do our part to foster that here. Mm. Um, it's just, yeah, so fun for me. Something that I'm very passionate about, sharing stories. And yeah. I could, yeah. And I, it's interesting because whenever I talk to these small businesses, the ones that I'm mentoring, they all have the same set of problems that I've been through and that I've gone mm. through. And so mm. it's easy to identify and almost have a template that can help structure and formalize it. Because I think that's what small businesses struggle with when you get to a point where it's 
a little bit bigger, you know, mm -hmm. how do you structure and formalize things from before when you did things at a smaller scale, mm -hmm. you know, and that's kind of where we are right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think? So like, I mean, first of all, that's pretty awesome. You know, <laughs> what you're doing for um, young women who are entrepreneurs or who want to be entrepreneurs, you know, here in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. I think that's incredible mm -hmm. because we don't, I, I feel like we should be supporting more local businesses here. Mm -hmm. um, especially, I mean, I'm, I don't want to say it, but I'm tired of seeing Target, you know, <laughs> everywhere here. But I mean, I still shop at Target. I love Target. <laughs> I love all the small businesses too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, so like for for high schools or even yeah. um, for even UH Manoa, do you think there's enough programs out there for people that want to pursue entrepreneurship? Or what do you think should be different? you know in those programs. I think there's a lot more programs that are coming up and mm. that's what I'm so jealous about because now there's more than there was when I was there you know mm. um for example that program that UH Manoa is building mm -hmm. I think UH Manoa the business school has a really great program for mm -hmm. entrepreneurship there but like anything it's how much you apply yourself to those things so mm. I think that's the part that kind of stands out um I think a lot of schools could do things a little bit differently to encourage that side of um, of people and of students. Mm -hmm. And that would be where all of the extracurricular programs do come into play. And mm -hmm. I guess just giving more light to it and, you know, showing more of what that means like at UH Manoa. I think UH Manoa has a great program. I think Hawaii is fairly supportive of small businesses. I think there's a lot of amazing programs um and i think i mean with mentoring these small businesses i think the hard part is after you're you're not in college where you have all those resources where are the resources for those people you know mm -hmm. um and i think it's in the small businesses to kind of form those resources for themselves mm -hmm. and which is why i love doing the mentorship and i really want to get together a group of female entrepreneurs just to talk story and yeah, just to like support each other um and yeah i think generally hawaii does seem to be pretty pretty supportive i mean that's how we were able to grow our business and mm -hmm. expand to customers all over the nation you know because my environment was so encouraging of that mm -hmm. but i think it completely depends on how what you do with it you know i very much took initiative on it so i could take advantage of those things but i think it's all dependent on what you make of it like anything in life yeah definitely yeah and i i totally agree with you like like back when i was going in high school and stuff like that um i don't feel like there was enough programs out there right now just to you know for entrepreneurs or even business um you know in high schools and stuff like that but i think like now Hawaii's kind of evolved. Maybe they've provided more programs in uh, high school. I mean, I went to Kylo High School, so yeah. Before we had like a really small class where we did economics, and that, yeah. I didn't really care about it. Yeah, like, I didn't really care about any of my classes in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the what is it called when your grades are so bad? Oh, <laughs> I was on that list for a little while. I don't know that list. <laughs> <laughs> I was on that list for a little while. <laughs> Were you, were you cheating? Were you, were you throwing no, away No, I just, I just had really bad <laughs> grades at one point. Oh, okay. I don't know why. I just, I don't know. I guess high school. Uh, <laughs> and then again in college, too, actually. Oh, okay. And then after that, I got onto the dean's oh. list, so. 
Well, it, it, it worked out in the it end, right? It worked out. It worked yeah. out. <laughs> I mean, then again, you were already rebelling against your your college professors already. Anyway, it's so. it's been unconventional. Yeah. It's yeah. been kolohe. <laughs> yeah. Now they're asking you, hey, can you speak in front of my class, right? Exactly. So, exactly. Know, sometimes you got to be kolohe in order to really get yourself out there. Yeah. You know? Totally. Good rascal. It's it's paid off. Yeah. It's paid off. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. In high school, I used to. I was a good. I guess I was an okay student. Mm -hmm. Like I, I actually did. I did honors in like AP classes. Oh wow! Time. So like, um, yeah. But like, mine was incentive based. So like, oh. my parents would pay me if wow. I get grades. Okay. So I was like, okay, I'll I'll get an A if you give me twenty bucks. Yeah, you know I mean? that's awesome. You know, but like if I if they, if I wasn't incentive based, I wouldn't care. <laughs> I would have just got C's. I wouldn't be fine with that. <laughs> well, that's good that they pushed you and they rewarded you instead of just giving you money. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's really important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's talk about your business now because you know we've we've come a long way. So I mean, for yourself, you come a long way. You've opened up a second store. Mm -hmm during covid mm -hmm. how the heck did you do that oh my gosh well that honestly gavin was my test to myself because i was always kind of risky with these things i always trusted mm -hmm. that gut feeling that i had that okay this is gonna pay off this is a smart business mm -hmm. move and so during covid i was testing that and it was a test to myself of hey should i keep following that gut feeling or maybe should i step it back a little bit and at the time, there was so much negative news that I wanted to just do something positive in the community, mm. have something fun for me and my team to work on. Um, we did go through our, and everyone was looking at me crazy. Everyone was like, what are you doing opening a store in COVID? Are you mm. crazy? Everyone mm. was shutting down. Mm -hmm. um, and the first few months were a little tough, like anything new, especially because I was trying out a new concept. I don't know why I would try out a new concept <laughs> in COVID. We're just sticking to our branding, which is what worked. So mm. eventually we went back to the complete Kolohe branding. Um, it was, we opened up in November of 2020. Mm -hmm. And then it was kind of rough up until March of 2021. 2021, things just skyrocketed. Mm. And then it was doing really, really well. And then again, in October, when the new uh, new regulations came down, it kind of started trailing down. Mm. And then going into 2022, again, it just skyrocketed. And now it's skyrocketing. Mm. And so, I mean, we're on track to double from what we did last year. Um, but I think what happened during COVID with our business is it really gave us an opportunity to actually thrive. And mm -hmm. if we hadn't opened that store, we wouldn't have developed the custom jewelry bar as quickly. We wouldn't have developed these fine jewelry pieces as quickly and becoming more of a luxury brand, mm -hmm. you know. And I think people saw that in the community that we did that. And that's why it's led to a lot of our successful partnerships now. Like at Four Seasons, we yeah. do the trunk shows there. Yeah. Um, and I think people just see the, you know, the resiliency in us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what also makes us stand out as a small business. I love the creative side. I love the jewelry side, but I also really love the business building and being business savvy, that mm -hmm. side of it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think those two things is what brought us through COVID. And of course, my team, we have a mm -hmm. very, very awesome team and everyone was just always so optimistic to make things happen. And mm -hmm. so I think that's what stood out to us too, you know. Um, I'm just a very generally optimistic person. And so throughout COVID, I was like, you know what? This is not going to bring our business down. No, We're not going to do this. And I remember everyone saying, if your business can survive COVID, your business can survive anything. So I was so determined to make that happen. Yeah. 
And now we have an office location. Now we have our sales are reaching like new heights every month. Mm. Um, and it's a really, yeah, it's a really nice place to be. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I like that you, you took what, um, you know, with regulations, restrictions and everything, instead of looking at what you couldn't do, you looked at what you could do. Exactly. Instead. Exactly. So, I think that's the important part in anything. Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of businesses, I think that are continuing, maybe they did the same thing. They looked at what they could do within yes. their parameters. Yes, totally. Yeah. So, Focusing on what you can control instead of what you can't control. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I want to talk about the uh, the pop up because you did you did a pop up in California. We did a pop up in California during COVID. Uh, it was during COVID, more near the end of it. More the, yeah, more the yeah. end of it. Uh, so yeah, tell tell me about your experience. Now. That was really awesome. It helped us discover that most of our customers are actually in the mainland. So we had mm. so many customers who've been following us but haven't shopped with us, mm -hmm. and they drove from like hours away to come see us. Wow. Okay. Um, that was a whole experience in itself because we got into this whole really sketchy Airbnb situation oh, right okay. across from Hotel Cecil. Oh, it's Skid Row. Skid Row, yes. And I accidentally booked that location. Oh. My little brother came with us. <laughs> And it was just the weirdest vibes ever. And mm. just the whole place felt like a bad fever dream. Yeah. It was really, <laughs> really weird. Some guy commented on my toes while we were like coming really? up. Oh, he geez. said, you have nice toes. And I'm like, what? What is going on here? Um, so that first day. shoes after that. <laughs> yeah, that first day we were so like, oh, I just want to go home. Mm. And then. Um, the first day that we had our pop-up, it was it went amazing. Everyone came to support. A lot mm -hmm. of our customers who were in the mainland, um, it did really it did really really well, very successful. And then we just yeah, it it kind of made our whole trip <laughs> worth it. Yeah. That's crazy. Right. So right across. The, oh my gosh. So what? the view out of that location, that uh -huh. Airbnb, you literally open it up. It's Hotel Cecil. And it just oh, gave me geez. the most eerie feeling ever. Mm. And just everyone from the security guard in that in that building, oh. everything was so weird. Mm. Um, and we had expensive jewelry with us. So we were like, we can't be going around this location. Oh my God. Um, and what's even weirder is after i usually look at the reviews and everything but it was so last minute so after that i start looking at the reviews and there's some really sketchy reviews they say like oh this person switched their name the host mm -hmm. all these different things and so when i tried to cancel um they at first wouldn't give me our refund and i said what you're doing is really not safe that's like mm -hmm. very much false advertising whatnot yeah. i googled what a airbnb lawyer is called and i told i texted that person and i said um I said, my dad is an Airbnb estate lawyer or whatever, and mm -hmm. whatever you're doing is illegal. It's not safe. And then the guy was like yelling at me, swearing at me through text, blah, 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 oh, and all geez. this. And then they gave me my refund, my full refund. Oh, so okay. that showed well, me that something off. was off. Mm -hmm. Something was totally off. Um, so that was a fun lesson. Yeah. It was a fun experience. <laughs> and we survived. So. <laughs> So and then you're also going to do a Kolohe tour now. I mean, you're you're planning on doing uh, pop ups even beyond One day, California. I would love to do a Kolohe tour where we just go to different locations in the mm. mainland because we have customers from all over. Mm. We go to different locations in the mainland and then eventually I want to open a few stores there, too. Mm. So. We'll see how everything goes. Yeah. How about <laughs> internationally? Do you think? Um, uh, I would love to open a store in Australia. 
Oh, okay. We have so many Australian customers, mm. um, especially opening at the Lohilani Resort. They love our business. Mm. Um, and we even had one of our customers offer to help us open a store there. So I think my first international store would be in Australia. Oh, that's pretty mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. You're going to make it happen. Definitely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Definitely one, one day. day. One, one day. day. Yes. One day. <laughs> So for your your business, who are your like inspirations besides your your family? I love that question. Um, I am so inspired by everyone that I surround myself with. Um, obviously, my business partner Megan, mm -hmm. she's very inspiring to me. And there's two main reasons why I run my business and why I want it to be so successful. One is my mom to be able mm -hmm. to help my mom. Um, and two is to be able to help my team and to give good, um, a, a good, decent paying job to everyone on my team. And so that's what we're kind of building towards. And those are the two things that drive me to make my business successful, mm -hmm. take care of my mom and doing my part to take care of my team. Um, so I'm constantly inspired, you know, by our team, by the amazing people we have in it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a very spiritual person, so I'm always inspired by my spirituality, um, the different types of people that I meet. You know, mm. as business savvy and logistical as I am, I always really like, I also really like to nurture that spiritual side of me. And I think the two of them mesh really well together to have each understandings of mm -hmm. the two balances. Yeah. So I, um, I am such a sappy, inspirational person, you know, if like, I don't know, I'm reading at a park one day and someone comes by or I'm reading something so inspiring. Mm -hmm. I'm so sappy about it, <laughs> but I love it. It's in, it's like so it's like magical and enchanting to me, you yeah. know, and so I'm I'm inspired by daily life and by the people that I meet, the amazing people that I meet that keep me going. Um, very much inspired by my mom and her story of resiliency and, you know, staying strong and inspired by my spirituality, um, my, by my sisters. Mm -hmm. And I would say just, yeah, my environment and the people around me, really amazing people. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then, um, for kind of like mentorship. Uh, do you still connected with a lot of your mentors? Maybe you meet you met in college or oh totally yeah I remember one of my main ones I've been having um, early coffee dates with him at Morning Brew for about two to three years now ever since I was in college and he came in to talk about how his he was the president of a company he was in the building that I believe it was the building something like mm -hmm. that when nine eleven happened. So oh, he gosh. mentors me on the employee management side. And mm -hmm. I remember he came in to talk to our college class. At the end, he said, "Do you have? does anyone have any questions? No one raised their hand except for me. <laughs> um, I love it when people ask questions, you know, and I uh, think I stood out to him and he appreciated that. So we stayed in touch and he's helped mm -hmm. me through so many things whenever there's an employee management issue that I have. And mm -hmm. he's actually how I met my CFO. So I, I totally oh, cool. stay in touch with a lot of people from there. And I think um, that's also one of the things that allows our business to succeed is because I have these amazing mentors and people that I can ask questions mm -hmm. about. Yeah. How about in like um, uh, business entrepreneurship? Do you have any strong like female figures you probably look at and say like, yeah, that's something like that really inspires or motivates me? Um, I love Oprah. Okay. And I love Michelle Obama. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's a few local people that I, yeah, I really look up to. But it's interesting because most of my mentors are men. Mm. Um, and 
yeah, I'm not sure why, but mm. <laughs> most of my mentors do tend to be men. Um, but I love Michelle Obama and Oprah. I listen to their podcasts a lot. <laughs> mm. Awesome. Well, you, yeah. you were saying you have a lot of masculine traits. Maybe you kind of veer towards people with masculine type I think um, so. Maybe. I think mm -hmm. I appreciate, not that women don't have this, but I appreciate yeah, yeah. the, um, just the logistical side and the directive side that yeah, yeah. a lot of men have brought their companies through, or they're maybe just because they're in, I don't know, bigger positions and that's a whole issue on its mm -hmm. own. I'm not sure why, um, but it just tended to work out like that. And I think what's beautiful about it is there's a lot of men who want to support women businesses, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think, yeah, I think that's the beautiful part about it. I've had a lot of um, really amazing male mentors and um, yeah, yeah. That's actually a good um, thing I wanna ask about. So like for, like for judgment, because like you're a female, you're young, do you get a lot of maybe misconceptions from others that maybe they'll say like, oh, maybe like, oh, you know, maybe when you go to a business meeting, they go like, oh, um, is your business partner here or something like that? At first I did. At okay. first I did. Mm -hmm. um, but I think now because I know how to carry myself in a room mm -hmm. and to have my presence there that doesn't happen quite often. And I mm. feel like people can feel feel that mm -hmm. so that doesn't happen um i remember when i first opened the alohilani the first meeting i went to the general manager to get the key sign the lease and everything he was like oh are you here by yourself and i'm like yeah i'm i'm no. the business owner <laughs> um that was the only instance but mm -hmm. honestly no i haven't experienced much prejudice or too much about i think the most is like the other day i met with a banker um i think the most thing is i look very young and so Obviously, people have that <laughs> preconceived notion about me, uh -huh. you know, that, hey, what's this 16 year old looking girl doing? Mm. Um, but as soon as I talk about either our numbers or our business management or anything, it just surprises them. Mm. So I kind of just embrace that shock factor at this point. I used mm. to think, you know, I have to look a certain way. I have to look more mature. I have to do all this. But at this point, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to be me and I'm just going to yeah. shock people with my age and my experience <laughs> and my knowledge and my business building skills. Mm -hmm. So that's where, that's the point that I'm at. I'm just very comfortable <laughs> with it all. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think people shouldn't like judge, even if you were like 19 years old, mm -hmm. I don't think people should judge the way you're running your business because you're doing it very successfully. Yes. Uh, it speaks for itself. It speaks for itself yeah. and it, it shouldn't matter, you know, if you looked really young or if you looked really old, it, wouldn't, yeah. it shouldn't matter. I think that's the norm too. I think a lot mm. of young people are starting their own businesses. I see a lot of young people opening up stores now. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, yeah, I think that's awesome that we're cultivating that environment for them. Yeah, yeah definitely. And even people I've had on the show too in the past, um, you know, some people thought like, oh, me, you know, like they must be in their 30s and stuff. I'm like, no, they're like, they're younger than me, you know, which wow. is pretty crazy. Yeah. And it's, guys that are doing you know really successful um as entrepreneurs you oh, know totally or realtors or whatever they're in um yeah i think of two you know specific people right now but yeah. like um yeah it shouldn't matter it shouldn't matter about people's age or maybe what they look like you mm -hmm. do look very young which is great <laughs> um you know i don't I, you know, I think that's a good thing actually. yes i'm sure i'll love it when i'm a little older <laughs> 
<laughs> well, Asians don't reason, right? Exactly, so, exactly. <laughs> actually, a funny story about that. When I went to uh, when I went to Vegas, uh-huh. uh, when I turned 21, it was like a couple of days after I turned 21. Yeah. Um, went to my my sister's like uh, her reception party because she had a reception party at the Cosmopolitan. Yeah. Wow. And then um, I was I was almost disappointed because like they weren't gonna card me, and I really? ordered a drink. And then, like, I want to be carded. Yeah, come on, card me already. <laughs> I need the experience. And they got me the drink, and then they're like, oh, we forgot to card you. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Oh. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. I'm 21, you know? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> but, like, um, like, so, like, some people think, like, um, when I, I actually stayed the same, like, facial wise. Yeah. Maybe, like, even 10 years ago. Yeah, I was going to say, you look very young, too. Thank you. <laughs> well, some people think I'm like 40. Oh, interesting. Weird, right? Weird. Very interesting. So weird. <laughs> Actually, kid, kids think I'm like much older. Oh, yeah. And well, I'm like, kids, kids are like that. Yeah. Kids are like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I used to teach um, young kids at like uh, at church and stuff like that. Oh, wow. So I used to do. Um, oh, that's beautiful. For like 10 years. I did it wow. for 10 years. So I did it from like uh, uh, freshmen to like 23 years old. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. What did you teach? Uh, just church lessons. Stuff. Yeah, church oh, lessons and stuff like awesome. that. We did skits and stuff like yeah, that too. I love that. And um, a lot of them thought I was like forty. Yeah. <laughs> Forty-five. Well, and... kids always have this warped. I feel like kids have thought <laughs> I was older too. Mm. And they're so brutally honest. Yeah. Which but, I love. Yeah. I mean, it's great. It's great that they're <laughs> they brutally honest. have no honest. filter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really sweet though that you did that. I appreciate that a lot. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I, I did it. I did it for a while. It was, it was great. Yeah. I think my favorite age group was junior high. Yeah, because they could formalize and start to understand. Yeah. These concepts and take it in. Yeah, it was. Um. What? So what? What age group did you do for when you did A plus? Did you do? I did well. A plus. I think it was for elementary school. Okay. So it was only up to like fifth grade. Mm. Um, and it was fun, but I I don't know. It just wasn't my thing. Mm. You know. So I yeah moved on from that mm, mm-hmm. but i i love being around kids yeah do you get uh orders for like custom jewelry for like maybe kids size sometimes sometimes we okay. get some a lot of moms bringing in their young kids and they want to get a matching bracelet or something mm-hmm. so that's the beauty of the business as well we can customize the length mm-hmm. so that it fits on different body types mm. yeah oh okay cool yeah 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 <laughs> i used to yeah when i was when i was teaching kids like you know same thing i was like it was it was rewarding because i did elementary school i did junior high and i did high yeah. school kids. oh wow so but like i think junior high was my favorite high school i felt like they were too boring yeah um sorry for sorry <laughs> i know you guys are watching this i know you guys are watching this but you know some of them are just maybe a little bit like they didn't really want to do anything maybe they yeah. just seen everything or they heard everything so they, yeah they kind of filtered it out so what's the biggest thing you learned from that I would say um, patience. Yes. Oh, patience. totally. Um, that was my biggest thing. A lot of like, and I, when you were talking about like anger management, I was like the same way too, mm-hmm. you know, with like a lot of things, like just certain things would just get me angered, like triggered just like that. Yes. But like I learned like with, with kids, I learned to just kind of slow it down and like, yeah, um, not really uh, react. Yes. I used to be a more of a reactor versus someone that thought before I reacted. Yes. But then, like, I became more of a thinker than reacted after. Yes, I think that's so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's a that's a great lesson to take out of that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you guys want to, like, 
be better with patience. Um, yeah. <laughs> work with some kids. Work with some kids. Babysit, you know. Babysit. Uh -huh. you know? I used to babysit a lot, too, actually. Wow. <laughs> Not anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> I got enough patience already. <laughs> That's funny. So um, uh, let's talk about, like, some of your hobbies. Sure. Right? So you you do surfing. Uh, anything. Yes. Anything else that you uh, really I love about? to surf. Um, I started taking up slacklining. Oh, okay. so mm. I yeah, slackline sometimes. Mm. I love just going to the beach, spending time in the ocean. Surfing is my absolute favorite thing to do. We mm. grew up surfing with my dad, so that was always kind of our family activity. And oh, okay. I think it's just so refreshing for the soul. Um, I love surfing, hiking. Mm -hmm. um, and I love things just reading. I love reading, journaling, mm. um, meditating. So, yeah, that's what I mostly do on my weekends, I would say. That's awesome. <laughs> where, where, what's the best spot to, to surf at? Uh, secrets or toes. Okay. Yeah, that's my... Oh, well, okay. But I that's agree. what I like. That's what I like. It's a very far paddle, so some people <laughs> don't like it. Um, and then there's, you know, the town sides, like mm. bowls or somewhere like that. So I only go to the places that I'm comfortable with. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I agree. Yeah. Secrets is really good. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Secrets is fun. Um, how about like misconceptions about like as, as a business owner? Because like Ooh. on your, on your Instagram, you do, you talk about business all the time. You mm -hmm. talk about like, um, hustle 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 but i don't know maybe people don't know that you yes. relax a lot you know yes <laughs> and i think that's because that's what i portray that's what i um as i love portraying that side about myself and my business mm. i'm also very uh personal too so i, I do keep some some things personally mm -hmm. to myself um and the reason why I think that some of our stories deserve so much more than to just be like an Instagram post. Mm. And I think you lose some things when you just post about it on Instagram, mm -hmm. you know. And so the other day, actually, someone who we followed each other on Instagram, she reached out to me and she said, hey, you're so inspiring. I would love to do lunch with you. And that mm. gave us a chance to really connect over something. So mm. I... I appreciate that, you know, and I don't ever want my story just to be another like Instagram post or Instagram thing. Yeah. So I, I try to be very intentional with my um, Instagram time mm -hmm. and what I post on there. I try to be very um, graceful about things, you know, and I, I do think that more uh, that younger girls need more females like that, mm. that, hey, you can be known for your smarts and your intelligence, not just your body or your features on Instagram, you know? Mm. And so I, I really appreciate that. And yeah, Instagram culture is hard. Mm. Instagram culture, I think is so hard. It's, it's just another tool that you have to be very balanced with. Um, in terms of like what you said, hustle culture, I used to totally be like that, mm. totally hustle culture. And I think it was very important. It brought us to a point where we can now mm. do things mm -hmm. a little more comfortably. You know, if I hadn't gone through that and worked 24 seven, um, I don't think our business would have been here, but now that our business is at like a safe spot, a really prosperous spot, I can kind mm -hmm. of step down a little bit and enjoy the other side of things. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's always a balance and it really just depends on, on you, you know, and what you want for your business mm -hmm. and always doing things that feel right to you. If you do things just because everyone else is doing them 
or to look like someone else or to do things like someone else it's not going to feel right for you and then it's just not going to thrive so that's kind of the mm. point that i'm at you know i'm going to do things how i want to do things um yeah it's very interesting instagram culture <laughs> but it is great for business yeah, it's definitely. been amazing for business and great for sharing stories like what you do mm. yeah i i agree with the whole being intentional with your or being mindful of your decisions and what you do having that balance because when i was doing my podcast even last year mm -hmm. uh like you know people say like oh you took a big break and so or actually uh from 2020 to like 2021 it took a kind of a big break yeah that was because like uh you know i was pushing it so hard so i kind of had like a yeah burnout, yeah uh, a burnout moment and i just kind of wanted to take a step back and yeah really reevaluate yeah reevaluate re things and really um change it up for uh for the podcast and yes. make, it, make it something more sustainable but you know something that you know maybe i can enjoy more yes um, totally so like you know the the whole thing about like hustle culture i was kind of the same way too in the past but like i learned later on like gotta have balance with your yourself but also yes. friends family yes um how you manage your time i mean there's so much things you could do intention behind yeah. it you have to have intention behind what you're doing yeah you know, because if you're just kind of shooting whatever then working just to work yeah know? working just to work then you're just gonna what's be the point of it <laughs> exactly what's the point and yeah nothing's gonna progress you know yeah totally um have you ever had maybe like a business i don't want to say like fail but like maybe like a certain idea that you you brought up that didn't really turn out the way you, you you wanted it to be like totally i think there's been so many lessons um so so many lessons of the business one great example is opening the store during covid so mm. at that time i wanted to we had our kolohe store at alohilani but i wanted to call that waikiki beach rock store oasis by kolohe okay and i wanted it to be because it was right next to luxury row so i wanted it to mm. be super luxurious we only had super high end we were so fancy blah 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 mm -hmm. but that wasn't really us yet at least you know mm. and so we were kind of forcing something that didn't work whereas hey why don't you just take your concept kolohe that people already love and put that there so as soon as we made that switch from oasis by kolohe to kolohe mm -hmm. then it made a big difference um and what we learned from that is you know don't push things if it's not meant for us it's not meant for us so that was one lesson another lesson throughout covid I got very um, personally invested and emotional with hiring people. I wanted mm -hmm. to hire people just to give them jobs during COVID. And that didn't turn out to be the best situation for myself nor for my business. Mm -hmm. I was also very personal with everyone because I thought, hey, everyone is going to want to work on a business. But sometimes True. people just want jobs. <laughs> yeah. You know, they don't want to be part of the bigger up team mm -hmm. or whatever. They want to just clock in do their self associate work or whatever and then clock out mm -hmm. and that's perfectly okay so i got very personal mm -hmm. so what i had to learn from that was how to manage being personal with people but then also more so importantly being professional with people mm -hmm. um and hiring off of the intent that hey this is the best thing for the business not oh i just want to give jobs to people you know yeah, this so there is many many learning lessons um Another big one was last year in COVID 2021, our business grew so much that we almost didn't have the systems to support it. Mm. 
Mm. And we were always going after these big picture things, big picture things. And what I learned from that was, hey, this year, let's just lay the foundation down. You know, we don't aim for anything big yet. Focus in on our systems, mm -hmm. focus in on our systems instead of the big goal. And then that big goal will come so naturally. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we've kind of done. And it's been so much more comfortable. Our systems are working really, really great. Um, I'm so amazed and impressed and by our team and everyone and the way that it's going. And yeah, kind of like you said, we reevaluated mm -hmm. what we wanted our business to be known for. Megan and I reevaluated what we wanted to do with the business mm -hmm. um, and then set a plan for it, an intention and started doing things the way that, you know, we want to do things rather than someone else wants to do things or rather than what we think we should do things for. Mm -hmm. um, many lessons. I could go on and on about yeah. <laughs> all of the lessons. It's crazy. Um, I do want to write a book one day definitely yeah. oh you totally do that uh-huh yeah um so summing up you know we're gonna, gonna wrap up uh the podcast a little bit but i have a couple of questions so sure first one um what are the top three like advice pieces of advice you have for maybe young entrepreneurs that are starting out just anything they they don't have to be in jury but just in, in general sure top three um let's see definitely find something that you're passionate about mm -hmm. um, it sounds like a cliche but it's so important because like for me at one point I lost motivation in it you know but I was still passionate about it so that's what that's what kept me going find something you're passionate about and because for me it's bigger than you know just profits for my mom for my team that's what keeps me going keeps mm -hmm. me energized find something you're passionate about um, Two, work culture the people that you surround yourself with and you hire are going to be so important because they're going to determine the mm. whole outlook of your business. Um, even people that you let in as friends, you know, what advice are you taking? Um, I think definitely focusing on work culture. And then three, I think it's important to figure out what you follow. Do you follow social media? Are you glamorizing everything on social mm. media? Um, or what, what are your true values, you know? And I think really getting in tune with yourself and understanding yourself, your values, your spirituality, whatever that is for you, mm -hmm. um, because then it's gonna feel like yours and no one else's. I think staying true to those things, those are kind of the overall things. And there's a lot of logistical things like systems, mm -hmm. um, mentorship, um, being yeah how you hire people lots of different things so networking networking yeah, yeah. and if ever, anyone ever has any questions totally feel free to reach out to me i love you know sharing so if you guys have more specific questions about that i'm mm -hmm. totally open to sharing what worked for us of course and then the second question is um what's next for uh chop Kalohe? what's next for you what do you what are you gonna do what are you gonna do next diamond rings Diamond rings. <laughs> we started yeah. doing engagement rings. Oh, we started cool. doing um, higher end jewelry pieces. Mm. And we have another trunk show at the Four Seasons coming up. Oh, awesome. Um, so I think what you can expect from Kolohe is for us to be more intricate in our designs. We're kind of shifting from gold fill to more solid gold pieces. Mm. Um, and pieces, truly investment pieces that you're going to pass down to your family one day. And mm. those beautiful pieces, diamonds. <laughs> awesome so um once again rose thank you for coming on the show and talking with us and um just how can people reach out to you first of all um instagram 
okay. is probably the easiest. Yes, I'm sure you'll tag me and everything. Oh, of course I will. Um, <laughs> I'm not in the store so much anymore. So many people still come and they're like, where's Rose? <laughs> I'm uh, mostly in our office. So I would say Instagram mm -hmm. is probably easiest. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah at Rosie Hope. Rosie Hope. Yeah. Hope is your middle name. Hope is my middle name. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was just a guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, Good um, guess. <laughs> and then, um, is it at Shop Kolohe? All one word? Yes, at okay. Shop Kolohe. And okay, then our cool. website is shopkolohe.com. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yay. Well, Rose, um, oh my gosh, we're almost finished our drinks over here. <laughs> um, so at the, show, at the end of the show, I always do a kampai just okay. to, just to give like a cheers to the guests. So, uh, Rose, this is to you. This is to Shop Chloe, the success <laughs> that you've had and the success that you're going to have in the future as well. Um, wedding rings, engagement yes. rings. That's awesome. Yes. But also, <laughs> uh, hopefully you can, you know, write a book one day. I would love to, to read that. that yeah, would be... I'll let you know when it comes out. Definitely. <laughs> and then if you ever start a podcast or if you ever need help yes. starting a podcast, <laughs> let me know. Thank you. I'll always, Thank you. I'm always down to help. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, thank you so much, too. Come by. Come by. <laughs>